Have you ever seen your community or neighborhood facing significant challenges and felt compelled to work with others to do something about it? I'm Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. And today on episode 11 of Bringing Down the House, Jacqueline and I are excited to chat with Laura Hoy, a local Christian community development practitioner, resident of the Walnut Neighborhood in Waterloo, and president of the Walnut Neighborhood Association about the power of neighborhoods, holistic community development, and her work in Walnut over the past 13 years. You won't want to miss this inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening, and please join Iowa Heartland Habitat in our local mission by signing up to volunteer or by making a financial contribution. Opportunities can be found on our website at webuildhabitat.org. And for our latest news and updates, follow Iowa Heartland Habitat on social media. Well, how are we doing, everybody? Welcome back again to Bringing Down the House. I am Ja'Kayla Madison, alongside the Executive Director of the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Well, it has been a while since I have seen you, Allie. We have missed you so much, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, just to be a little little uh, little window into our world i've yeah. been sick a little bit i know yeah you know not covid thankfully yeah not, not nothing covid but you know just a little little, little sick sick and yeah. you know what's wonderful is i have a great team of doctors mm. that are doing some outstanding things to take care of me that's so awesome i feel better than i have ever felt before especially uh, when I was sick, so I, yeah. I'm really happy that I'm on the mend, and I'm just happy to be back. I know. We really missed you, and we were so worried about you, so glad to be here with you today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am a little worried, though, because Mr. Andrew Finnegan, I, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. When you get substitutes in, 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 in the world of broadcast, you really got to watch yourself. Oh, yeah. Because as much as Andrew's like, yeah, no, I'm just here to, it's just a one-time <laughs> replacement, that, that silky voice. Oh, that I mean, it was like Barry White up oh, in here. Oh yeah, like I mean, hi, I'm Andrew Finnegan. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't compete with that. I sound like I'm a teenage boy who hasn't even hit puberty yet. I can't compete with Andrew. Like, what's going on? He's blushing right now. I'm sure. I, he, he's probably regret ever filling in too. That's the other thing. So, he yeah. did a great job, and we love Andrew, um, but there's no replacement for you, Ja'Kalen. Well, yeah, that's what they tell me, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we, if we needed to, we could find something. I would just love to know, like, how many times did he practice that? <laughs> you know, like, how many times did he rehearse that perfect little silky radio voice sitting in his bathroom mirror <laughs> just looking at himself hi i'm andrew finnegan <laughs> oh man we I, love you andrew we, we do we do he is gonna he, he's gonna have some choice words for me after this i know <laughs> i already know i yeah, already he know. is i i can i can tell <laughs> yeah no but we, we no we do we do love you andrew we appreciate you uh stepping in for me being the pinch hitter while i was out and away but I am back. We Yay. are back, and we have a great guest today. But before we get to our wonderful esteemed guest, I think we have uh, some time for a mission moment. Is that correct? Yes. So, Allie, what you got for us? All righty. So today's mission moment is going to be a quick little story, um, sweet, sweet story about one of our families, uh, Maria. So she is uh, moving into the Walnut neighborhood in, in the coming months, and her house has been in process for a while. And she was in just doing some paperwork and some other things the other day, some of the necessary things before uh, it gets closer to being time to close on the home. 
And she was talking to Mandy, and I actually just kind of got to overhear this one. Um, wasn't a part of it myself, but it was the sweetest story. Um, she was sharing with Mandy that her daughter's birthday was that very day, so recently, and um, and how much her daughter was so excited. But all her daughter wanted to do for her birthday, the, the wish that she had for her birthday, was to stop by their new house and process and take a look at her new room. And it was the sweetest. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I'm going to sit here and ball in the middle of the office. <laughs> but it's just so cool. And she was that's all she wanted for her birthday wish was uh, to stop by the house and process and uh, and see her new room. That is so sweet. I know. And, I know. <clears throat> you know, the room. I mean, that is that's a big deal. It is a huge deal. We hear about it time and time again. Just the, the little kiddos, what they're looking forward to. And um, a lot of times it comes back to that. Their yeah. space, their room, time and time again. That's exactly it. Their space, their room. And I'm you know happy we're part of an organization that can give that to kids. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. I'm happy that our guest is also a part of making that happen because our guest today is the president of the Walnut Neighborhood Association. She also has like 16 other things on her title as well. <laughs> I mean, this woman is an outstanding person, and I can't wait for you all to meet her. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Laura Hoy to the podcast. How are you doing, Miss Laura? I'm doing so well because I'm sitting here with you two. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's great like to be having here. a celebrity in yes. here today with us. <laughs> Laura Hoy. Seriously, though, also this red sweater she is wearing. Oh. I mean, she, Fantastic. She walked in ready, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. It's, you know, it was Valentine's <laughs> week. I'm wearing my red. <laughs> she, she walked in ready. So, Laura, my, my first question to you uh, is what is the Walnut Neighborhood Association? Sure. The Walnut Neighborhood Association is just one of um, many neighborhood associations across Waterloo. It was actually founded in the uh, early 90s Mm. when Kathy Young was the um, associate pastor at First Presbyterian, which is in the Walnut neighborhood. And Annette Swan was a neighbor who had really, I call her the first community developer of the neighborhood, really. I mean, as far as just really intentionally working to try to save some old houses and bring neighbors together and do projects at the Boys and Girls Club. And so I think between Annette and Kathy and then some other neighbors and, um, you know, organize, organizations, they just worked together to put the Neighborhood Association together in the early 90s. I think 1993. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and what, you know, there's a lot of neighborhoods in Waterloo. Probably, I mean, one of the things that I've um, been floored by is just all the different neighborhoods that actually do exist in Waterloo yes. that we don't often think about by name, certainly. Right. Um, and, and some, you know, maybe don't have quite as active of, you know, associations and maybe don't need to, or maybe don't realize the value in, in having those or what have you. But I, w- I've been just blown away by the number of, of neighborhoods that actually exist in town. And so me too. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't, um, like I, I lived in Cedar Falls on an acreage for a while. And so moving into Waterloo and then realizing that there are all these named neighborhoods, yeah. many of them do have active associations and really work to um, promote good neighboring. And then um, Felicia Nall Smith is over that yeah. with the city. And it's just, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It really is just a great way to help build up the city block by block, really. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. What do you feel like is 
the value, I guess, of that that association or that that coming together of of neighbors that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. There's several things. I mean, we. we try to meet monthly, but part of it is just literally getting to know your neighbors. I mean, it is easy to get busy in life, go off to work, raise your family, and really not connect with the people on each side of you very well. So the Neighborhood Association meetings is one way to just connect with people, get to know them. Um, It's also a place where we can listen to one another and listen to what's happening, um, listen to the good, you know, and celebrate the good of what's happening in our neighborhood, but also bring concerns and challenges. And then we also have invited um, usually our city councilman and um, a police officer, and we bring other organizations in, you know, just to share something that they might be doing within the neighborhood. It's a place of communication, it's a place of celebration, and, and it's a place of connection. My question um, to you, Laura, what was the pull for um, a neighborhood association to be created in the Walnut neighborhood? Yeah, well, I mean, back at that time, in the early 90s, I don't know how many other active associations there were. Right. But I do know uh, Kathy, she's a friend of mine, and so I, I have a feeling, just as First Presbyterian has been in that neighborhood for, you know, forever, and has been outward looking and missional, and so I, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, there was just that desire, right, that residents and churches and organizations would begin to work together just to strengthen the neighborhood, so yeah. um, that's well, and I think part of it comes from, you know, I lived in two different neighborhoods in Waterloo, and I don't ever recall either of my neighborhoods, especially my current one, having an association. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the what's the reasoning for, for having one? Why why is this so important to that area? Yeah, well, I would say you might, that might just be your next yeah. <laughs> role. You could just get one started, right? Lord knows I don't need anything else on my plate right now. <laughs> Well, you know, as I talk with some of the other leaders or association leaders, you know, it, again, it's a place where um, people can gather. And I know like Highland, you know, they had a street party or they have a street dance or block party every year. Lots of neighborhood associations put on potlucks and block parties. And um, again, it's just that place for kind of a consolidated place for communication and connection and really strengthening your neighborhood. I know uh, for years, I at, at the Walnut Neighborhood Association meetings, people would um, talk about needs or desires that mm. they have for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one was a hardware store. People kept saying, we need a hardware store over here. And then lo and behold, you know, Spellers moved into uh, the neighborhood on East 4th some years ago. And, and then the other thing was a grocery store. We need a grocery around here. And so we have all-in grocers going up. So it's so awesome to see people be able to use their voice, right, and um, share what they desire and share what they love about the neighborhood, but what they also wish the neighborhood would could have. And then to just really work together to to see it happen. Well, and I just think that piece is is huge as I've observed the neighborhood association work from the outside, I guess, a little bit is just the importance of advocacy and a lot of times people as individuals that's a, that's a big word you know advocacy you know right. and you think about gosh that's an, you know kind of intimidating and whatever but that's one of the things i mean everything that you just talked about to me really is advocacy mm-hmm. i mean it, it's really people coming together and mm-hmm. and and asking for things that they want or figuring out how to use their collective voice to really to do that to be advocates for themselves for their neighborhood for their community you know for the things that matter to them that would help 
them improve their overall, you know, quality of life or what have you in a neighborhood. And, exactly. and that's, it's powerful. It is powerful, powerful stuff. Because really that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a couple layers. Like we're all looking for ways that we can use our own gifts and our voices, right, within the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then there are just some things that we cannot accomplish as neighbors by ourselves, right? right. It will take a phone call to somebody who has that resource or can help uh, lead us down the path to what we're looking for. So it's, uh, and then they can use their gifts, you know, in a, in a bigger, broader sense. So it's, it's both really interpersonal, but then it's also, you know, at a, a higher collective level of, of exactly. bringing in other organizations like you. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that collective action, you know, mm -hmm. that that's huge. I mean, a lot of times, you know, and I've been guilty of it myself, that when I live in a neighborhood, I know Andy and we talked about this when he was here too, but you don't always think of yourself as a, a member of something bigger than mm -hmm. sometimes just your family or what have mm -hmm. you. And that whole concept of we're kind of siloed in this day and age, and we don't oftentimes remember the power of the relationships and the people just right right by us, the physical proximity piece that right. our, our community, quote unquote, sometimes is family that's miles and miles away, or it's our church community that may not be in our neighborhood, mm -hmm. or it's our work community, or it's our what have you, or friends. But what about that physical proximity community and how yes. much sometimes we don't understand the power of that in actually making change or influencing exactly you know, things right. in our lives. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's beautifully said, Alan. Yeah. So it's been cool to see that, like I said, a little bit more from the periphery, but just watching that, you know, evolve over time and, and seeing one really in action mm -hmm. and, and what a difference it makes. You right. Know. right. Yeah. You know, this conversation reminds me of the conversation we had with Disa a, a, a while mm -hmm. ago. And I can't really think of the term she called it, but I remember, you know, one of the, the questions she probed was, do you trust your neighbor enough to get the mail for you if you go out, mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, if you go out of town? And so listening to this, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking, it's like, oh, maybe we should have a neighborhood association. Because yeah. it's truthful of, like, if we were to able to have those moments of even a block party, once in the summer, everyone just gets together, mm -hmm. then we can know who everyone is. Absolutely. And then just feel a little bit more safe. Yeah. And then at the same time, then, yeah, maybe I could be like, hey, you know, Allie, I'm going to be gone next week. And, you know, I feel I would feel more comfortable yeah. to say, hey, Allie, I'm going to be gone next weekend. Can you just watch my house, you know, grab a mail exactly. and let me come over, you know, when I get back? I, I love also just how all of these things tie in together. Um, and, you know, there, there's this through line through all of them. But, yeah, there, there's such an importance. Yeah, there's such power in that. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm sure Disa talks about community health, right? And yeah. that does... That does promote community health, right? Mm -hmm. When I know my neighbor, and like we, uh, my neighbor is Willie Mae Wright, and oh, uh, she's uh, fabulous. Awesome. She'll give that's... me a call and she'll say, "I haven't seen your car out front for a while. Have you been gone, or, or you know, yeah. what do you, what have you been up to?" And um, and we take turns shoveling for each other, just basically whoever gets out there first, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but there's such power in that. We don't really think that that maybe leads to something else, but it does. It creates this sense of security and um, being known and knowing one another. Um, and we do. We look out for each other. Part of our uh, neighborhood association meetings are talking about the safety and the security of the neighborhood and what people are seeing, you know, happen. And um, people are kind of good at looking out their windows and just seeing if something's off because we kind of know our routines and each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I always think about like 
um, how neighbors in my life have, you know, just just added value. Growing up, um, we used to live next to someone that managed the Wonder Bread Bakery and, mm-hmm. and you know, on Halloween and we would have the special, you know, he would bring us the special little loaves of bread and the Twinkies. And just us, just me and my sisters, you know, like not everybody, but like <laughs> our right next door neighbor and we got the extra special little, you know. Oh man, he... I loved those little loaves oh, of bread. Oh my gosh, they were the best. <laughs> they were the best. So I right. felt like... Move on. I'm, I'm getting... <laughs> I haven't had lunch yet, so let's, let's, let's move on from this one. I know, but I was just like, that was like a benefit to us being his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Or in just growing up in my neighborhood, the kids that were across the street and we'd just run over and play and the ones down the street and had the trampoline and just that idea of knowing who they are and and being able to truly like do community together was always really, really special into this day too. So that neighboring, it's, it's sometimes seemingly so natural and other times it needs to be more intentional mm-hmm. I think than than what people are all the time doing yeah it's a little both and isn't it it is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Laura I want to uh, ask you a little bit about the CCDA you know concept and this whole idea of um, you want know, to get into a little bit about Christian community development mm-hmm. because that's a piece that obviously has been you know I think really foundational to to some of the neighborhood work that you've committed to uh, certainly in Walnut and it's something that we've kind of talked about asset-based community development mm-hmm. in in general terms neighborhood revitalization there's all these terminologies and things like this Christian community development is is kind of a piece of that too but um, I would love for you to share a little bit about what that is and maybe explaining the history of that or its principles yeah really that has been such an important vehicle of learning for me and of connection so CCDA is Christian Community Development Association. It started back in the late 80s. Uh, really, some urban ministers across our country got together and started to talk about how can we share a whole gospel with our community rather than sometimes churches just over a period of time have society has kind of um, siloed off churches to just think about the spiritual and then sometimes governments and nonprofits and other organizations to think about all the material needs in our community and I don't think it was ever meant and intended to be like that and so CCD work is really a challenge and an encouragement to the church uh, to bear witness to this holistic good news um, of the gospel and uh, to not only encourage people in their spiritual health but but a holistic health Mm -hmm. and that um, that jesus cared about a whole person and he cared about the whole community and so really it it's based on some principles or um, components uh, being one is asset-based community Mm -hmm. development which is what do we have what is here already and how do we um, see the bright spots because in a neighborhood like Walnut that that's really been divested, you know, over time and and kind of left behind a little bit and some houses taken down and people kind of moving out at one period of time. So how um, th- that perception from the outside can sometimes get a real negative view, right? Mm-hmm. Like why would anybody want to live there? Well. What about um, if people are really the greatest assets? And what if um, there are really bright spots that we can build on together and just inspire one another with those bright spots and and continue to build on what we have? 
So that's um, asset-based. It's also uh, really about reconciliation, which because we've become such a segregated society, it really challenges people to begin to cross over barriers and divides and do life together and, um, and, and come to know and understand and communicate with one another. Another principle is redistribution, which really means so much more than what somebody might think right off the top of their head. It really is about how do we steward our time, our gifts, our life, our relationships, so that everyone in our community can flourish. So how do we kind of redistribute what we have for um, the good of all, right? Mm-hmm. For, the, for the greater good. And then there's uh, a couple other principles. One is empowerment. You know, how do we help um, build skills and hope and help a person with their own agency that they've already been given, their God-given agency? How do we just help people rise up, which you guys at mm-hmm. Habitat are just phenomenal at doing. So, yeah. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit more. And this is to both of you, but how did this relationship come about between you know, Habitat and the Walnut Neighborhood Association? And, uh, and, and Ali, from your standpoint as an executive director, how has that helped Habitat with their mission? Yeah, it, you know, it's we had this really fun organic kind of growth mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in our uh, no, knowledge of each other. But it was, it was interesting because, as I've kind of shared on this podcast before, you know, Habitat also has changed over the last, you know, decade plus in, in its philosophies and not in thinking more holistically about the work that it's doing. A lot of the CCD and a lot of the asset-based, you know, development principles have been foundational to Habitat since its very early beginnings in Koinonia. But in practice, as an organization, you know, it it really turned a corner in more earnest to the holistic nature of all of that, like I said, over a decade ago. But for our local, when uh, I got involved here... I would hear about this neighborhood revitalization. What is this all about? You know, and I was looking more into that, learning more about it and realizing the scope and the enormity of that and the responsibility with mm-hmm. it, honestly. And then at one point, I literally, I'm not even going to give credit to the right person, but somebody said, you you need to know Laura Hoy, you know, and, and it seemed like there was this alignment of mm-hmm. philosophies of things that you had been working so hard on and that I was learning about at Habitat. And we didn't know where anything would go but i definitely knew that it, you you were important and that I, and the work that you know the neighborhood was doing was important and i needed to I needed to just get to know you better. So yeah, from our standpoint, you know, this started with let's just get together for coffee and let's right. commit to doing that over time and seeing what evolves. Right. I, I mean, you know. Right. Um, and really so much, I mean, community development, sometimes we think about it as physical development, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a part of it, right? Just uh, to develop some of the physical locations. But so much of it is really about developing community, which is relationships. Yes. And so that out of that relationship, some really great things have happened. Yeah. 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 And it was just, it was really important to, to do it the right way you know in my mind the more that i learned and our staff learned about neighborhood revitalization asset-based development ccd um, it really was impressed upon me there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this and it's not like we're doing it perfectly but what i didn't want to do was dive in too quickly and and then not be truly invited into the process Mm -hmm. which i think is the better healthier way to do it Mm -hmm. that that if we were invited in and so it just took those meetings and and kind of getting to know each other's side of things and philosophies and 
and then it was a clear invitation at a point I felt like um, right. where we could be of use, you know. Right. So. Yeah, you've been a great friend with the neighborhood, you and your staff. So it's awesome to have you and to hear the hammers. Yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's such a blessing. One of the things that always has stood out with uh, CCD principles when I've been kind of, I've gone to a couple conferences and, and gone to immersion sessions, you know, at your place and just so inspiring, you know, and for folks that maybe don't have that Christian background, mm-hmm. you know, the principles are the principles, mm-hmm, absolutely. Christian background or not. Right. Um, but, but I love how on, even on CCD's website, you know, the, the ancient Chinese proverb mm-hmm. is there that just resonates so much. Um, and this is the unifier, I feel like, and all these different kinds of this work that's mm-hmm. across different different uh, methods and whatever, but it's go to the people, live among them, learn from them, love them, start with what they know, build on what they have, but of the best leaders, when their task is done, the people will remark, we have done it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it, that, that has, I have had that up on my desktop. I have, I have thought about that so many times since I was first introduced to that through CCD. But that really says it all, that this is about the people and that empowerment piece that you said, but just the people building on, on what they have so that at the end of the day, it's not you that done, done something. It's not Habitat that's done something. It's, it's not right. Jacqueline. It's the people themselves that... Have done this. That's right. And, and I don't do much anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows better what is needed, and and also has the solutions than the people who are living every day within that community. So. Yeah. Laura, I, this is going to be a, probably a tough question to answer, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. Uh-oh. Okay. I, 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 I know. I'm nervous now. He just goes Woo! for it. I really do. Listen, I've been gone for a while. So. <laughs> I'm coming in guns and blazing. You're testing me. This poor woman, she's getting out her notes and everything. She's like, oh, what is he going to ask? But you have been, how long have you been president of the association? Oh, gall. Probably six years, maybe five or six. Okay. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the question I was going to ask. I just wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say, that wasn't as hard as I thought, except I really don't know the answer. Uh, Forever. In your time of being president, being involved in the association, what has been, uh, wh- what has been that moment of your just like your aha moment of yes, I'm this is this neighborhood needed this or oh yes, I'm so happy that we have this here because now this was able to happen. Yeah. Oh, gal, I think some of that actually happened earlier on when I met Judy Marshall, Mm -hmm. who is a pastor at Harvest Vineyard in the neighborhood. She and her husband, George. And we (sighs) met in like 2007. And Harvest moved into the Walnut neighborhood at the end of 2007. And I bought an old building that had been a grocery store on 4th Street. And then I was really restless. I was asking some new questions that was kind of taking me from more of a service charity mindset to a development mindset. And uh, we became good friends and we both felt very called. It was literally like the theology of place. We felt called to that neighborhood. I had grown up going to church at First Presbyterian, was a youth director there for some years, uh, was on the board of House of Hope that was in the neighborhood for a while. 
And then after I met Judy and George and we started going to CCDA conferences together, we just really recognized that place matters. And we both felt called to it and called to the Neighborhood Association and wanted to walk alongside as neighbors in a way that was really with people. And so um, I would say it happened before I ever was the Neighborhood Association president. Yeah, and I yeah. love that, you know, walking with people and you don't know this but you know we uh met or at least encountered each other some time ago i was at a home dedication in the walnut neighborhood and the one thing that i was just so enthused about and just so struck by uh watching you was you were as excited about that home dedication Mm. as the homeowners Mm. were (laughs) and i remember sitting there thinking who is this Like, I, I, I just thought you were like some random neighbor. I was like, <laughs> does she live here too? Like, but I mean, you were just so genuine oh. and you were just so happy for them. And, and, and it showed in your interactions with them and, and just with everyone there. And, you know, then I finally figured out who you were. I was like, oh, okay. So she's not crazy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but, and let me, let me just say those home dedications, yeah. I could sit and weep right now. Yes. I mean, there is something about when you when you at Habitat are saying we are wanting to, um, you know, create community and hope and homes, building those three things. It is an embodiment. It is mm-hmm. the actual palpable, tangible mm-hmm. result when you're in that home dedication. And it is to see those keys get handed to that homeowner and to recognize the journey yeah. that, um, you know, sometimes we have these big dreams and big goals. We were just on a, on a um, meeting last week with uh, Visioning for Waterloo. And there's a lot of big, big things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. But what I'm so impressed with Iowa Heartland is that you've created a pathway, mm-hmm. a step-by-step for people to actually actualize those dreams and, um, and to be a part of it their whole way. So literally, I... <laughs> It doesn't matter if they're in the Walnut neighborhood or not. If I go to a home dedication, I will, I, mean, I will bust out. Truthfully, I was like, I wish she was when I closed my house. I wish she was there. Like, I know it's at a dedication, but it's like, yes, it was, it was wonderful. And I mean, and, you know, and Laura, I know I'm giving you a hard time, but I mean, it's, it, truthfully, you know, those those are things that people need, mm-hmm. uh, and and those are things that. You know, people, I, I think people underestimate how far kindness can truthfully go, mm-hmm. and, and just being there for your neighbor, and and, and it's just, though I, I'm so happy that there are people like you out there, mm-hmm. uh, in the area, in mm-hmm. in the Walnut neighborhood, that are just really boots on the ground making mm-hmm. things happen. So thank you, thank you so very much, uh, Laura Hoy, fashionista and president. <laughs> Of the that is the first time that word has ever been used with me. I'm just saying, the sweater is on point, ladies and gentlemen. The sweater is on point. But now, Laura, president of the Walnut Neighborhood Association. Laura, we got a few minutes left. How about some trivia? Oh, I would love some trivia. Oh, you say that now. <laughs> I am doing super well. I just dropped my question on the ground, but good. Keep it there. <laughs> We're just hoping not to scare Jacqueline on his way back here. I mean, it's it's I, I, it's it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. I got my stress ball over here, so we're we're. I'll let you win. I'll let you get the trivia because I'm sure I know it. You possibly do. 
You probably. A little bit of competition. <laughs> Laura, I take back everything I said. I don't like the sweater anymore. <laughs> All right. So this one is um, a little bit of a mix between neighborhood associations and home ownership. So how much more likely are homeowners to become involved in neighborhood association than renters? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. More What's likely the, to be involved in neighborhood associations if you own the home. More mm. likely questions. You have to. You <laughs> she's killing me. On the, I know she's killing. And do us. we all guess a killing percentage? Oh, Is yeah, that what we yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's all these things where you're just like, is it hundred over a hundred percent? Well, you for, I know. Li- I, I listened into the last one, and you for you it was over a hundred percent, and it you was were right. You were yeah. It was right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laura, what what are you okay. thinking? How much? 88%. Ooh. Ooh. You're next, buddy. <laughs> He's like got his hand on his forehead. I'm, I'm, I'm too ill to answer the question. He, oh, uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I. It's either going to be really high or. Uh, okay, Laura, you said 88%. 88%, Laura's you know, got her vote in. So more likely to be part of. An association, mm-hmm. if they're owning it, than renting it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're owning it, it'd be higher. Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to say, s- I'm okay, I don't care. I'm going to range. I'm going to say 66 to 75%. <laughs> I'm going to range. I don't care. Well, then I'll say 88 to 93%. No, my, gosh. Laura, no, my no, options Laura. are limiting You here, have people. submitted. It was your final answer. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to my tried and true 105%. I promise you to everything. If it is over 100%, I'm walking out. Okay, here we go. Well, I just sat here and listened to you guys give me percentages. And to be honest, I don't know the percentage. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I know how many more times, like. Oh. Oh. This is ridiculous. Out of what? A hundred? Out of ten? What? This is ridiculous. (laughs) So the answer is, regardless of the length of time that they have been in their home, they are 1.3 times more likely to join than renters. Whoa. Isn't that like technically 130%? I think so. I mean, again, I I, I think that's 130%. Someone call a mathematician. Let's get someone on the phone, but I think that's 130%. Okay, now now your math teacher from high school, we always talk about your, you know, whatever other history teacher that's so proud of you. uh, Well, I don't know if there's uh, a lot of them. like, where was this when he was actually in class? (laughs) Teresa Mallory somewhere is just like shaking her head. Good Lord. No, I'm pretty sure that's 130%. So So I'm going to, if it is, then I call myself the big winner. Rigged. Um, Rigged, 1.3 rigged. times more likely, though. But that makes perfect sense, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, mm-hmm. and you see the benefits of it. And to yeah. know that, you know, they were able to get, for the Walnut neighborhood, they were able to get a hardware store. And now this All in Grocers is going mm-hmm. in as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, the neighborhood, they start to realize the benefits and how it pays off. And sure. they feel a sense of community. Yeah. And right. you take more pride and ownership in something when you invest time. Absolutely. In that. True. True. And so. it just stabilizes the neighborhood when you have homeowners because they're they're living there longer and yeah. they're taking 
um, interest in their own property. Yeah. yeah. Investing mm-hmm. a little differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Nora. Yes. Thanks, Yay. Nora. Yeah. You know what's super fun to have? Honestly, just one more side note is we have both Nora and Laura. Oh, yes in the room at the same time yes. because when we first got Nora's just... <laughs> name wrong and called her Laura oh. we were like oh it's not Nora it's Laura but we love Laura it's Nora it's like oh my gosh we have them both in the same room oh. ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen the sad thing was I was thinking about that this entire time and I was trying not to bring it up but... sorry <laughs> no, I'm pouring salt on the wound Nora <laughs> Nora Laura it's fine we can all dance the horror later <laughs> All right, I don't well, think you should be dancing the horror right now. I shouldn't be doing anything right now. You're still recovering. I, Lord, <laughs> Lord knows. If my doctor is listening to this, I promise I'm in bed. Uh, <laughs> anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we have had too much fun here today, but it is wonderful. Uh, again, thank you so much, Laura Hoy, for everything you do and mm-hmm. uh, just in the community in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I, we've only been begun to scrape the surface of mm-hmm. your resume and uh, we are forever grateful for oh, your years of service. So much. And the feeling is mutual. Yeah. So grateful to be a part of it as a as a collective. Yes. Well, thank you so very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bringing Down the House. I thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jacqueline Madison. She is Allie Parrish. And we hope that you join us again right back here at the same place you found us. <laughs>